The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform and any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to the Influencer's Edge, and today's guest, I have the honor of saying I was on his podcast, and so Turnabout is only fair play, and so it's my honor to have Dave Melinda with us today. Hey, Dave. How are you, my friend? Breakneck action, high adventure, same old, same old. So let's dive into it with you. I'm going to put on my reading glasses to read your bio. We'll blast Uh through it. So after almost 30 years of starting his own company and growing it to $10 million in annual sales. You're a bit of a classic underachiever there, Dave. Um, (laughs) He realized his passion was helping companies thrive by overcoming their natural tendencies to retreat, not talk about the hard stuff. So let's talk about that right then and there. I hear that and I immediately, my ears go up. I think, isn't that a human tendency regardless of the context to retreat and not get into the hard stuff. Yeah, for most people it is, Paul. And again, thanks for letting me hang out with you on the Influencers Edge podcast. Super excited to be sure. to be here. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people listening right now that I mean, let's face it, there's a bucket of fun things to do in our day and a bucket of not so fun things to do, right? And most people selfishly take the bucket of fun things to do and whether it's sales or maybe you like sales maybe you don't you never know until until you you get into it a little bit but yeah it's pretty normal to not want to do that and that's I think one of the big advantages of people like you and I to be able to come alongside people and help them on their journey so I'm I'm honored to be here today thank you I appreciate that you know I often think it's a matter of approach and attitude the hard conversations don't necessarily have to be so hard if you can approach some of the mindset that this is an opportunity to learn so when you counsel your counsel counsel i didn't have my second little jolt of caffeine today when you counsel and train and teach your clients what is some of your secret sauce some of your methodology to actually get them to look at themselves and to have those hard conversations 
Yeah, I think, I mean, we look at it, I like to have people look at their company or their process from the customer's perspective. Because again, we look at uh, ourselves through our own lenses and I think, oh my gosh, I'm fine. I don't, you know, the biggest blind spot we have is, is you know, thinking we don't have any blind spots. And Absolutely. so, you know, we can go through life with that. We can go through life blaming others and, you know, they need to change. I don't. I mean, there's a lot of self-awareness, you know, that we work with on a regular basis. Paul, we use DISC and EQ and we use those type of assessments to really help people just get a better understanding of themselves because it's really hard to propel forward if you don't really understand yourself. So we really start there from an assessment perspective, just get to know the person, let them get to know themselves, and then we move forward from there. My intuition is calling out to me to ask, have you earlier in your life, before you jumped into business, or maybe you've always been in business, did you have an interest in self-development and human psychology? Because my intuition says you absolutely did, that it didn't start oh, with your business life. Yeah. No, it didn't. It's, uh, I mean, life is filled with people. And from a young age, you know, you just start to get to know people um, on an assessment level. I'm a high I and disc, which means I really enjoy people. I like to talk to people. I like to connect with people. Uh, I'm a people person rather than a fact person. And there's, again, none of them are right or wrong, good or bad. It's just that's, that's how I was built. So, yes, from an early age, I love to connect with people and still do to this day. Well, what I meant is, did you read books as a young man, like uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, figured that, I figured that even as a young man, you had a little yep. library of, of your, your yep. books like that. And even still on my book that I wrote, Growing on Purpose, it's talking about how to strengthen your team. So not only did I read about it, but then I decided I better write about it, too. So, um, yeah, it's definitely... A part of me and so i i enjoy it and um injured spirit you know, man that, that's yeah that's why we had such a great time on our podcast talking to you and you know words and sales and you know just the importance of the communication side of the sales journey so well, you did it out of curiosity i did it because i had no friends and had nothing else to do <laughs> well i hope you have friends now buddy oh so, yeah hey, I, I had here. a few you got one i had here, a few so. i managed to build a nice community here in san diego by the way we're where are you located, Dave? Well, oddly enough, I have a we live in Milwaukee and we also have a house in San Diego as well. So where are you from originally? Born and raised in Milwaukee. So okay. So you're gonna take a drink from the bubbler and have a pop later. <laughs> well, the bubbler, yeah, but nobody does pop. It's soda for us in Wisconsin. It's all soda. There's no pop. Oh, but yeah, bubbler to pop. totally. Totally right. So it used to be pop. So I got that right. Cool. Yeah. Bacon. I, I love Wisconsin for reasons I'll tell you once we get off the show. Uh -oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Must have been a girl. Um, damn it. You're incisive. Yes, you are indeed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she was from Madison, but that's another that's a story for a different day. Uh, so your book, Growing on Purpose, instant number yes. one Amazon bestseller in three categories. That's fantastic. Yes, that's I just had a book released on Amazon, but well, it's not about me. Uh, that book. So what are the three categories it was number one in? Yeah, it was in leadership development, conflict resolution. And then um, the third one was the uh, they have a new release 
uh, category. So it was a new release. Uh, Let's talk about conflict that's resolution because that's yeah not anywhere in your biography. No, not at all. And it's interesting. In my previous life, I owned a company that we sold construction products. And as part of my journey, I invested about almost 20 years of that journey being involved in the Builders Association on their arbitration board. And so it really got me into even further the the psychology of conflict. And I just, I'm a conflict avoider by nature. I don't know, Paul, how you are, but I'm just- No, I love conflict. I seek it out. (laughs) So I'm an avoider, right? Now, if you put me in a corner, I'm going to obviously do what I need to do, but I don't wake up with my Wheaties and go, man, I can't wait to get into a good conflict today. But as part of my offerings to my clients, a lot of times conflict, whether on the team or with a client, a vendor, there's conflict is just normal. And we always think of it as bad. And I think it's the conflict isn't good or bad. It's just a disagreement. And the whole goal is to try to get a win-win situation. So I enjoy it. And it's a lot of fun to actually watch people that couldn't talk to each other, not necessarily be best friends, but boy, they sure are are a lot more comfortable around uh, their peers once they've gone through some training on, you know, conflict resolution. Let's talk a little bit about that because it's interesting to me. I've just begun to really explore how to apply my stuff for leadership because, as you know, I'm a former pickup and seduction coach. And many of the things I learned from leading these guys out of involuntary celibacy into being winners at the date, mate, and procreate game, (laughs) I had to become a leader for them. So let's talk about this, some of the techniques for conflict conflict resolution because it's part of what makes for a good leader in any area of life. And I think if you're going to be in business, you have to be a leader. Yeah. And I think you start with the, uh, we too, I personally and our team, we start to um, make sure we find some common ground. And, you know, if you don't have any common ground, well, you're two human beings, um, you work for the same company, you know, you start to try to find some commonality because the more you find out about a person, You know, like, again, if we were in conflict and you found out that I was in Wisconsin, all of a sudden you have a connection, you you live in San Diego, I have a connection, all of a sudden that conflict that we may not be able to work well together, it just kind of, it puts it into perspective. So I think the first spot is for us is generally to find some common ground. And once we go there, then it's actually interesting how the wall, because again, most people come in with a wall up, and our goal is to drop that wall by Hold whatever on. means. Oh, there we go. You pot, you froze for a second, but it's back up, oh. so don't worry about it. Don't worry. Let's keep going. So yeah, I think that the goal is to be able to, um, you know, communicate and find some commonality. And once you find that commonality, we're definitely going to be in a much better place. Cool. By the way, it's my connection that's unstable, not yours. So if it drops, okay, we're having some rainstorms here in San Diego. That means it's yeah, drizzling. I saw that. <laughs> that means it's drizzling. Uh, it's yeah. probably freezing in Wisconsin right now. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? Forty six. It's actually kind of warm today. Oh, that's so not warm. much worse. Yeah, that's not warm. much worse that's, than you. That's toasty for a Wisconsin winter. Absolutely. All right, let's dive. Let's dive a little bit more into this. Okay. Um, so your latest project is your fantastic podcast, which 
you had an amazing genius guest on recently. I won't say I did. you did. And that might Paul Ross a, was his name, right. if I remember correctly. <laughs> Each week, we invite guests that have found their passion in their business. And together, we talk about how that's true. Uh, we already know that. Let's talk about follow-up. Because sure. this is one of the reasons. I, well, first of all, I really enjoy talking to you from yeah. uh, you know, in your podcast. But I have been told time and again, time and again that the fortune's in the follow-up. But so many people just don't do it. So what are the nope. big, what are some of the top reasons, maybe two, if not three reasons, people just don't do the follow-up? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think the the number one reason is fear. You know, I think that, so I, I know back in, in the sales journey, when I was in sales, that was my life. I had all these people that I thought were, they were in my Bucket, right they were in my pipeline my funnel whatever you would call them we have a whole bunch of proposals out there let's say you know what it's really scary to think that half or three quarters or whatever number are probably not going to buy my experience has been a lot of salespeople like to have these names in their funnel because it looks like they have activity right, it, it, right. even though it's fake even though it's cloudy or really clogging up the pipeline for good opportunities to come through, I think a lot of it is fear. Um, and, and that's really scary. Because fear of what? Fear of what? Fear of, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of saying, have somebody saying no. Um, you know, those are really three powerful things, which you are all too aware of, you know, in your experience, people don't like I mean, maybe it's me because of the I, I I avoid conflict, but a lot of people don't like to hear no. I mean, that's not a I, I, people don't necessarily wake up every morning and go, man, I can't wait to get twenty five no's to get to the one yes or whatever your numbers are. So I think yeah. that fear is really really real. How much of this is also just unwillingness for because for me, often what I think. It, at first glance, this fear is just, I'm not, I don't want, I'm, I don't want to do the freaking work. I just assume yeah. it takes willingness to do that work. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's also ego involved where people are wanting to just, um, they think, hey, I, I'm so good. They're going to want to buy from me. So I don't need to follow up. They're going to call me. I mean, I ran into somebody once that said, I don't take names. They can take my name. And if they want to call me, they'll call me. I mean, that's definitely a way to do it. Probably not necessarily the strongest or smartest way, but um, yeah, there's a lot of reasons people don't follow up. There's a technical issue buried inside of this or nested inside, not buried, nested inside of this is this is a fine art because this is your jam, your wheelhouse, your lighthouse. So I want you to talk about this. There's a fine art between following up and appearing to be begging or desperate. Oftentimes, yeah. the counter argument to what you're saying is if you position yourself right, I don't believe in this counter argument, but I'm just mm -hmm. saying I like to play devil. Sure. Yeah. If you position yourself right and do your branding right, people will chase after you uh, yeah. because you are the chosen expert in your field. Sure. I think there's some truth to the fact they'll be more drawn to your message but it doesn't mean you don't have to still make multiple touches. What do you say? Oh, I totally agree with you. So I look at it this way here is this is like the, I'm a sixth grade educated guy. So this is how I look at it, Paul. So if I lose my wallet, okay. 
and I have my credit cards in there. I have my all my cash. I got everything, all my identity, everything's in there, right? And then you call me and you say, Dave, I found your wallet at the San Diego airport. Call me back. Now, would I follow up with that? I mean, oh my gosh, right? I'd be calling Paul. Now, if Paul doesn't call me back, do I go, well, you know what? I don't want to be pressure. I don't want to pressure Paul. So I'm just going to wait for Paul to call me. I'm like, heck no. Paul's got my wallet. I need that wallet. And and I don't want people to be, um, you know, so aggressive. But you know what? There's There's passive and then there's aggressive. But I think there's a middle piece that's assertive. And I think that's where we as sales professionals can live. We don't want to be passive and say, hey, if they'll call me, they'll call me if they want. I don't want to be aggressive where I hang out in your driveway um, waiting for you. So I want to be in the <laughs> middle, right? I want to really be assertive. I want you to understand that this is important so to me. I want you to understand that this is important to me. It's important to you, you know, so I, I just love thinking about assertive rather than most people are black and white and they think passive or aggressive. And I just feel that middle ground of assertive is a great spot to see. Live. I actually, this is, I hate, sometimes I make it about me, but I like badgering people, even the point okay. of poking them a little bit. To me, sure. no, it's just a punctuation mark. It's not the end of the conversation. It's just, sure. okay, yep. I'm going to, I'm going to yep. provoke them and badger them and get them more interested in what I have to say. But we're again, yep. We're different, different personalities. Yeah. And that's right. And there's no right or wrong in that. And that's the thing is you'll have people right now that are listening that their skin is crawling because they're like, I could never badger anybody. Right. <laughs> and a lot of personalities are people are built that way. So I'm not telling you to jump outside too far out of your comfort zone. But if again, somebody um, is interested in what you have, um, they deserve to be followed up on. They deserve for that conclusion to happen under your watch. What flashes into my mind, Dave, as we talk about this subject is I think is the world's most successful car salesman or insurance salesman. His follow-up, he had a tickler file and every time someone had a birthday or one of the kids had a graduation, he would send yeah. them a little note or a card. He didn't even have to ask for referrals. They gave him sure. referrals simply because there's also an after-sell follow-up. Right. Uh, have you found that to be the case and after self follow? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the gold nugget here is that people are really they're blinded by thinking follow up is about them. So again, let's go back to that scenario. If if I'm hounding you for my wallet, it's all about me. Well, you know what? We got to make this all about the client or the prospect. Our follow-up shouldn't be, hey, this is Dave from Positive Polarity. You know what, Paul, I'm just checking in to see if you got my proposal and if there is any questions. Yeah. Okay, that's all about me, right? Now, if I say, hey, Paul, just checking in with you. You know, I, I, I thought of you the other day and I had this really great white paper that I want to send you, you know, um, because I really think it would help you. Or I know somebody that needs what you have. If we create a Love reason- that. Or somebody to call other oh, than yeah. for me, because you know what? Follow-ups all selfish. It's all about me. I want to make it all about them. I love that segment. I know someone who needs what you've got because that creates yeah. reciprocity through the law Please. of reciprocity. Now yep. they have to give something back to you. It's, what are the yep. driver's reciprocity 
um, social proof, urgency, scarcity. This is Robert Cialdini's classic, well, a classic book. Uh, the art, what is it? Persuasion uh, or the art of influence? I forget the name of that book. Sure, but, but great stuff. And I also think there's a way to follow up without seeming desperate. I don't know if you're familiar with Jeremy Miner. I had Jeremy on my show. Jeremy's really brilliant in reframing messages. So instead of saying, hey, following up, love to talk to you, his message is, hey, um, haven't heard back from you about so-and-so. Where would she go? Where should we go from here? And then sure. that's all it says. So yeah. instead of saying, oh, I, I would love to talk to you more, it's like, where do we go from here? It's very factual-based and it leaves them to them to take this step but let's go continue diving into your work uh, yeah okay how often should you follow up with women 80 percent of sales are made in the fifth to the 12th contact you know what i what made me resistant to this and i want to challenge you on this sure. I, I like to push back if a sales presentation or whatever you want to call it a conversation is effectively done Mm -hmm. Does it really take that many contacts? For example, I see a lot of people selling programs online. Hey, coaches, we'll show you how to sell 10K and blah, blah, blah. And they design those calls to pretty much close on the spot. So, yep. and also the other side of this, Dave, is my or orientation. I got into direct response marketing where you write an ad or something and they're, it's designed to get them to buy on that first shot. Okay. So tell me more about that. Uh, well, let, you, but so that. let me ask you. Yeah, let me, well, go ahead. No, you go. I want to ask you a question back on that. Are your direct response marketing? Are you hitting? Are you getting a hundred percent kill rate on those? No, no one does. Right? Yeah. So all I'm saying is, is again, look at it a different way. Okay, maybe I call mm -hmm. you and say, hey, you know what, Paul? I got somebody that's interested in what you have. Okay, that's a touch. Um, you know, I have I have an interest in learning more about you so that I can be on the lookout for what you need. That's a touch. I have this white Love paper. That. You know, you have all these Love things. That. It's not like I'm just calling you five times. Hey, did you make a decision? Did you make a decision? Did you Love make a decision? It. That doesn't add any value to anybody. So I just, I think, well, the, the other part of that statistic is 48% of sales professionals don't follow up at all. That's so, right. So think of all the people around the world listening right now, they all have a pipeline. Okay. Let's say each one of them have 10 people in their pipeline. Maybe they have a hundred, whatever, but out of 10 people, you know what? you got to follow up on all 10. Well, half the sales world isn't following up at all. They do a proposal and then they crazy. go on to the next, right? That's and, good and news for is, people who do. It's great news yeah. for people who do follow up. Well, that's the thing. The gold is in the fact that 80% of sales are made between number five and number 12. Now, again, I don't, I, I don't know anybody that's ever researched that where I can say, hey, here's the group of a thousand people they talk to. The reality is, is I think the takeaway is, is you can't just expect two things. Number one, you can't expect to quote somebody something and wait for them to call you. And number two, you can't just give up after one or two tries because 
That's so true. The first thing they might be on vacation. They might be on vacation. They might have to meet with a board of people that have to make the presentation for you. There's so many different reasons why somebody can't buy on the first call. And so I can totally get it. it. You want to say one and done? Go ahead. And the other thing is people are so distracted by these things. We're nowadays, before the day, we're both old enough to have been around and in our careers, I, I think you are, before the days of social media. And oh, yeah. nowadays, even the most successful executive is so distracted by social media that attention yep. spans are just to the point of being a mosquito and yep. people are just overwhelmed by messaging. So they may not have even seen your message. So standing out, I really love what you said, is I have someone who needs what you've got. That is the yep. best follow-up I've ever heard. That is yep. fantastic. So that means you really have to do dig in and do a you little do. research into what that person But has. who's not going to call you back, Paul? I mean, if I left you that message, Paul, sorry I missed you. You know, I love what you do. I, I The other day, I was on a plane coming back from San Diego, sat next to somebody, and boy, I tell you what, they need you. I got his number. I got his name. He wants to talk to you. Give me a call. I mean, you can't call back. Not gonna, exactly now again don't lie please don't make things up but again this is where it does take a little bit more research and investigation to understand what your prospect needs and it's that willingness again to do that yeah so many people just don't have the willingness to do the work now i would prefer an assistant if i had a competent assistant i would say go do the research and give me a summary I, if yep. I don't have to do the work and I can hire a competent team, then I'll yep. have a competent team do it. Anytime, that's my preference. Right. Well, like you said, though, Paul, before the uh, social media, before internet, before LinkedIn, oh my gosh, we were in the yellow pages. We were getting their brochures. We were driving in their driveway. We were doing all this <laughs> stuff. Now you jump on LinkedIn and you jump on you know, their website and you got everything you need to know right there. And the wider your um, bandwidth is in the world, the more you're going to be able to um, help connect one person with another. I'm smiling because 90% or at least 50% of the people watching this Yellow pages? What the hell are yellow pages? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For those of you who don't know, it was a yeah. big, fat, bound paper. It was oh a bunch gosh. of paper. It was a book, thick, bound with the names of every business. And uh, they were grouped yep. by category. Those are the days also. Do you remember Thomas Brother Guides? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Way before yeah. the days of gps yeah, where you, you had to do whatever grit. you could do to do your research you know back when an encyclopedia was real you know i mean there's wikipedia now but boy there was encyclopedias that every couple of years you had to update you know i remember we were we were pretty broke as a family but as a jewish family we always had money for books <laughs> it's, yeah. it was it was a big value let's dive more this is great stuff yeah uh, really great stuff let's dive in a little more let's see this each week you found passion business so on your podcast you talk you talk to people like me and you dig up their passion and their business so i want to talk Mm -hmm. to you i already know you because i've been on your show talk a little bit 
you're reached a, I think you've reached the level of success where you don't have to chase money anymore. You probably never chase money in the first place. So what's your no, passion and what's your passion in doing this? Well, I love to help people. I love, so uh, I did a great, the strength finders, right? I did my five strengths and one of them is two of them that are really helpful for me is positivity and connectedness. I love to connect people with other people, me you too. know, so it's just really something cool about that. And there's something special to look back and see what you've helped somebody else with. So, you know, whether it's coaching, um, again, Phil Jackson was never as good of a basketball player no. as Michael Jordan, right? Yeah, not close. But I tell you what, he couldn't, I don't think Michael Jordan would have been nearly as successful as he was without Phil no. Jackson. No. So whatever that coach player relationship is, whatever that looks like for people listening around the world right now, hopefully you have somebody that's critiquing your basketball shot, critiquing your golf swing, critiquing your business, whatever it is that is for you and your business, somebody from the outside hopefully is looking and giving you some serious advice and feedback, at least what it looks like. We want to make sure we understand truthfully what our business looks like from the outside, not just from our inside, our head. This is, this is I think, part of being a great leader as well, because a leader can enroll people in, in their vision, but they also create a mechanism where their followers or the people on the team can speak truth to their power. And that requires that they'd be willing to get that feedback. I really, I really like that. That willingness to listen to the feedback and to create a mechanism and a culture where people are encouraged to speak truth to power yep. helps them to execute your vision. If you only have the vision, but won't create that power flow. Power has to flow both ways. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a huge Milwaukee Bucks fan and we just fired our coach and they're, in, you know, Bucks are doing really well. Well, obviously they're not, something happened. I don't, I'm not following the story that close, but when a high level first place team fires their coach, something's going on. Right. And you may on the outside be listening and you're, profitable, successful um, from the outside, but maybe your team isn't happy. Uh, maybe your team's not engaged. Maybe your customer experience isn't there. That's all stuff that are could be blind spots. And that's what people like us, you know, we love to, to pick at that and to really dig deep down in to see what's going on to make life even better for you. I want to take a few extra minutes with you because sure. you have so much knowledge here. To, when you coach, when you're dealing with people and they don't have a really open mindset to listening to to listening to that feedback, what are, can you give one technique you use to get them to actually listen? Do you grab them by the shirt and say, listen, dumb, uh, oops, listen, yeah. dumb <laughs> shit. What do you do? Yeah, no, actually the oddest thing, what I do is I tell people, you don't have to believe anything that I say you do have to believe your customer. So if you don't want to hear it from me, go ask your customer. Because if I can see it, generally your customer can see it. Oh. And if you don't have the courage to ask your customer, ask your team, you've got to ask somebody. And if you're not willing to ask anybody, then there's not much I can do. No, me neither. I, I love you. You're awesome. 
good luck to you. Hope things work out for you. But the people that blame the government, the weather, um, you know, the competitor, the customer, they're blaming everybody and they've never done that deep dive on themselves. You know, uh, I, I mean, and I don't ask, you know, when did you wet your bed last? I could care less. I want to understand what's going on in your head. And if you don't know, then let's ask your, let's ask the people around you. Is this real? you know, what's going on? Because again, think of companies like Radio Shack, Blockbuster, Gimbals, all these large Blockbuster companies. Blockbuster especially. Right? Oh my gosh. Their whole, their whole precipice of their life was to hopefully make you not return a movie and keep it in your backseat for three days so you I'm can set, give them it. nine bucks, right, for the late fee. That was their whole profitability. That's how they made their money. So, you know, what a blind spot that was. And so then a guy comes along and says, hey, I'd like to buy your business or I'd like to partner with you, you know, Netflix. And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's so not going to work. And Netflix takes off and bankruptcy happens to Blockbuster. They that's offered, what generally happens with blind spots. They offered to sell Netflix to to Blockbuster for $50 million because that's how much they were in the yeah. hole. They were to the yeah. two guys from Netflix were talking. What do we ask for? Well, we're in the hole yeah. 50 million. We just want to break even. And they laughed them out of the boardroom, right? They said, get yeah. out of here. This yeah. is not worth shit. It's never going to work. And now yeah, there's one Blockbuster that. store left, I think, or are they all gone? Hey, I mean, you never, it, you check the internet. They say there's one in Alaska or one up in North, you know, in the Northwest, but it's like, you know, I mean, what is it like? Hilarious. And, you know, the, whatever, right? The ultimate illustration of the importance of this is I once came up with a joke. The joke is this, is two buggy whip manufacturers at the turn of the 19th, 20th century. They make buggy whips. They saw a Ford Model T go by, and one of them says to the other, you'll never see me in one of those useless contraptions. <laughs> yep. So so uh, I I think the point is well taken with that metaphor. Dave, it's been wonderful, truly wonderful having you on, having you on the show. I want you to stay on a little bit after because I want to keep chatting with you about a few yep. other things. I know people want to stay in the conversation with you. So first of all, tell us again the title of your best-selling book, please. Yeah, it's called Growing on Purpose, and it's the connection between strengthening your team and improving your customer's experience. When you do those two, profits and automatic. Love it. How do people stay in the conversation? We need to get more of your wisdom and brilliance. Wow. Well, they should be listening to the Influencers Edge podcast for a while. No, 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 oh, no. Sorry, that's not the right answer. Sorry. Well, I have the Positive Polarity podcast where we had a great guest in Paul Ross. So you're welcome to jump on that. And I'm on LinkedIn all the time. So or PositivePolarity.com is our website. So any way it can help, be happy to, to do so. Cool. Uh, thanks, Dave. Everybody, this has been the Influencers Edge where we bring you influencers who are on the edge. I'm on the edge of sanity today because this has been my third interview today, but by far the best. So we'll see you next time on the Influencer's Edge. Bye now. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Rapid Sales Accelerator. If you're ready to skyrocket your sales by 30% or more in just 90 days, then you need to claim your free training right now. You'll learn four words that will compel your prospects to trust you like they were children. 
within the first three to five minutes of any conversation across any platform and any medium. You'll learn how to give your prospects objection amnesia to crush objections like I need to talk to my spouse or I need more time to think it over or it's too expensive. And finally, you'll get a free recorded audio training that will install unbelievable attitudes for success and wipe out any limiting beliefs. So if you'd like to claim your free training now, go to www.paulrossbook.com. Do it before your competition does it now. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on the Influencer's Edge Show.